Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Word Stories is a place for women of color to share their experiences in the workplace. We're no longer whispering these stories to our best friends and partners and then shoving them to the backs of our minds and just dealing. We're talking about bias, equal pay, bad bosses, racist hiring practices, and all the crazy things your coworkers have done or said to you. This is a safe place to tell those stories. The floor is open, y'all. We are telling it all. Hey, y'all. So in this episode, I'll talk to Angel a hilarious event planner and communications pro who's transitioning into the world of cybersecurity. Her work stories started piling up not long after graduating from college, but they've definitely prepared her to share some great insights with us on working with all types of people. Let's talk to Angel. All right. I really wanted to talk to you today because <laughs> you are the first person that I heard talking about these issues. We were young and you were having issues in the workplace that you were attributing mm-hmm. because you were a black woman. And I it wasn't I wasn't even mature enough to process like what was going on sure. and I wasn't doing I just wasn't aware enough of my own environments to know what was happening in my work let alone to understand that people felt like they were being targeted. So you were the first one I knew. You were babies. Wow, Joy. That's so crazy. We were like fresh, like not like fresh out of college, but like, you know, a year or two. not so soon after graduating. Yeah. yeah. And experiencing these things. And I think that, you know, just in conversation is so important to talk to each other about it because you're saying like you didn't experience those things. You didn't even, you know, Maybe know, I did, but I didn't know. <laughs> you know, how to, too stupid to know. Yeah. But. <laughs> no just like you just didn't have that experience or that perspective you know and it's so important to engage with other women and other people in general just to hear like what they're experiencing because if not you won't be prepared to go for it and I feel like also even when you do know about experiences that other people have you know shared with you you're not fully prepared either because it can blindside you completely and you'll be like wait a minute I know what this feels like. This this sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But not necessarily feel like when you're in that moment for yourself that you can make the right decision without feeling like, you know, you're jeopardizing your job or jeopardizing who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Now, for reference y'all, we're both coming from historically black colleges. So when you have 4 years Woo-woo. of blackity blackity blackness, <laughs> And then you go back into the real world. Blackity black, not blackity black. 
and you you almost forget. I think that's what happened because before I went to school, I was around all white people, so I knew how to navigate that more. Yeah. And then I went to Hampton, and I lost the social skills that I had navigating. So when I came out, I think it took me a while to realize, oh, I'm going to have to navigate differently than I did in college. And so I think it just caught up to you a little quicker, maybe. Um, Yes. Well, to, I hate saying this, to piggyback (laughs) off of what you just said, um, I think for me, it was, I know it's annoying. Uh, (laughs) It was different because I am a military child. So like I, every three years, I was moving somewhere different. Like we moved to Philly, we moved to Memphis. And then after Memphis, we moved to Japan. I think that those experiences of me dealing with so many different people and so many different backgrounds helped me to understand how to operate. I don't think that I was fully, you know, aware of that as a kid, you know, because I'm like, oh my gosh, we're moving every three years. I hate it here. Um, <laughs> but I grew to appreciate that, I think, in college because I was able to go back to a space of all Black folks at the beautiful Norfolk State University. Oh God, of Behold course, she the has green to plug, um, Of course, she has <laughs> of, course <laughs> of course, you know, why not? Okay, we're doing great things. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think that it helped me. And I also felt like isolated too sometimes in spaces at HBCUs where I wasn't like all my other Black students and some people didn't understand me, but it helped me to connect with others. So even with that background, I feel like I still had to curtail myself in the work setting to be a certain way or to, I was told to uh, a, a friend of mine, she was older and one of the saleswomen at uh, a hotel I used to work for after college. And she always told me, you know, when people ask you how you're doing, you know, every day, just keep it cute and short. Like, <laughs> They don't really really care about how you feel. (laughs) They don't really want to know, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and to me, I've always been like told to be personable and to connect with others. And I've always had a personal interest for that. Like I'm the type of person that when I travel for work, I'm talking to the Uber driver, like, so like, what's your story? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, how did did you get here? You're the reason they talk to us so much in the car when we just kind of ride. So (laughs) thank you for that. Some of us are trying to do all that. We just want to ride in peace. Well, I'm nosy, Joy. You know that. I care about the human uh, humanity uh, as a whole. So like, I, I truly feel like that we're more alike than we are different. And I think that those conversations help me to have a better understanding of how to deal with people who are not from the same backgrounds as yeah. me or to uh, use my voice when I can, because I know there are so many people who have other things, whether it's religion or sexual orientation that also make them not want to say certain things on the job yeah. for fear of losing the job or for fear of losing work visas, you know, things that are more important than. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second. You wait know? a second. I want okay. you to tell, tell our audience briefly what industry you're in and what you do, because that's going to be helpful <laughs> as we go okay. on. I know. Excited. We got to back this thing on up, right? We just you jumped did. really, we like, I already knew this was going to happen. <laughs> so I work in the events industry. I come from a mass communications background um, and currently studying cybersecurity. Oh, wow. um, so, uh, yeah, no, it's real crazy, wow. right? 
in grad school. Who am I? Um, <laughs> but, you know, in the event space, you kind of have to be more than one type of person, if that makes sense. Like you need to be able to communicate with leadership. You need to be able to communicate with outside vendors, internal, external, all of that different stuff. And I think that I learned how to develop that skill set from the hospitality industry. And I believe the time that you're talking about that I was like dealing with this very racist um, person Mm -hmm. was when I was in the hospitality field. Um, I I left New York. I went to New York on this like dream of being like a publicist straight out of uh, we've all been to New York found, with a like, dream and come back with our tail between the legs. dream. Basically, <laughs> I, mean, I was on the mega bus, just like trolling myself bus. back down to DC. Yes, the mega bus, Meg. or you know, you know how it goes. I do. Unfortunately, I do <laughs> that ten dollar round trip. <laughs> ten dollars, but you know I. Yes, $10, girl. You got to get the deals at night when it's only a dollar over the overnight. I can't go back. I can't Listen. go back. So, <laughs> so, you know, I learned that, you know, I took the job just because I was like, listen, I need a break from New York. I'm in New York. I'm acting like I'm doing publicity. I take that back. I was really involved in a small PR firm um, when I worked there. And my stepbrother had just passed away. And I just was like, you know what? I'm tired of struggling on this Dollar in a Dream album that J. Cole has. (laughs) Like, it's just not for me. You know, you come to a point as an adult where you're just like, this is not cutting it. Like dream or no dream, you just need to do better for yourself. And you didn't go to school and Sally Mae is not just calling you just for fun. So I left, I came back to DC, a friend of mine, of course, because you never leave a job without having another one. um, A friend of mine was like, Hey, we're hiring for a host uh, at the, at, you know, this hotel in DC come through. Now this host job was like $20 an hour. So, I mean, Coming from making like 13 at West Elm in Brooklyn <laughs> and like spending most of my money on train fare to get uptown for an internship. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming to yeah. D.C. You know, there's trees there. I can like breathe. You know what I mean? No offense, New Yorkers. The important things. No offense. I love New York. I haven't been back in a long time, but that's my heart. I pay taxes. So I feel like I'm like low key a New Yorker. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I get back and I had a European. He was literally European. He was like, I think he was from Germany or something like that. In the hotel industry, there were a lot of different cultures or people from different areas and different countries and things like that. And so living overseas, I already knew how to work with different types of people. But this guy was different. Um, and it's a ba- it's a simple job. Like, <laughs> I'm a hostess. I literally just make sure the tables are good before I bring the people back. You know, that type of thing. Reservations good. Good, good, good. You know, not overseeding anybody. Not brain surgery. This man was on my tail about, like, everything. Um, and within the hospitality industry, they were very strict about, like, time and clocking in and things like that. So I remember... I remember there was this New Year's Eve. I was supposed to get off at like 8 p.m. And this guy had been on me because I have this like common thread of like people like, yeah, Angel can do it. That's always volunteer. Angel you can always you're do voluntold. Yeah. I'm voluntold to do all of these things because you're great at it. You 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 do really well with these type of people. I'm like, all right, whatever. Right. So I didn't want to leave my pregnant co-worker. 
Yeah. Like I didn't want to leave my pregnant coworker there on a New Year's Eve all night like by herself working a 10 hour shift. So I'm like, she's already crying. Cause she's like, they told me they're supposed to let me out. And I'm like, look, we're just going to stay together and rock out. I'll never forget that this man came at 1030, 30 minutes before I was about to get off and told me that I had to stay until midnight to seat the last table to make sure that they got out uh, before, you know, the ball dropped at midnight. I remember there was a very popular NHL team hockey um, that came in for the celebration. And so it was a big deal that they came in. And because I could manage the floor, they wanted me to stay X amount of time. I'm like, listen, I already am here over the time that I said I was going to be, you know, this wasn't a part of my schedule. And I just remember them going slam off on me. Like, you're not going to have your job tomorrow if you don't stay until midnight. And I'm like, are you even serious? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like for someone to not be scheduled. uh, And from that point on, I was targeted (laughs) as like someone who was defiant just because I had taken a stance for myself and said that I wasn't going to stay the entire time, you know, and there were multiple occasions when that took place, like throughout my time thereafter. And it just became to a point of like, why am I doing this? I just need to change my environment, you know? Um, another experience of being targeted, I was hired for a position, um, love the organization, great organization, great mission. You know, I'm like, yes, we can get in here and make some changes. Um, and then <laughs> I found sorry, myself, you know, everybody working. thinks <laughs> we're going to change First things. All, we're going to save the world. Oh. We're going to change the world, Joy. We're changing all the things until you get in there. Yeah. And how did you know it was a nonprofit? <laughs> We get in there and we see the lay of the land and we're like, oh, there's no change in none of this. Y'all have your own thing going on, you know, your own state of mind and how you want to do things, which is great. But don't come to the vocal black person on the team asking me to contribute in all of the diversity matters. Um, I think there was this particular program that we were working on um, and they were like, well, how do we get more African-American people you know, to come to this particular event. And I had to straight up tell them like, hey guys, this is a great idea, but Black people are not interested in this. This is what they are interested in, offering them another solution. And because of the organization and the loopholes and things like that, they had to go through, they came back and said, well, because this is technically not a a real holiday, this is Mm -hmm. Juneteenth, this is not a real holiday, uh, (laughs) we can't, we can't make this happen. I said, okay. Well, then don't ask me how to get black people to your, Wait, your what program. what is it not okay? being a real holiday? I'm sorry. I just have to, for a second. What does it not being a real holiday have to do with anything? Because we celebrate National Grilled Cheese Day and National Hamburger Day and National Take Your Dog <laughs> to Work Day. National Pirate I Day. I mean, there's all these <laughs> random holidays and all of a sudden we're worried about how official they are when it comes to... And this was before everything right this is like before like george floyd like all the craziness we're of, talking like context. a couple years ago a not couple recent, years ago yeah. yeah like not mm-hmm. recent but within a time frame of like everyone should know what this particular holiday okay, okay. is you know and because of like red tape and things like that it wasn't official so to them it's something that wasn't 
like a real celebration. Um, and it was just like, but I'm telling you, you're asking me the how and the why, and I'm telling you and offering you a solution. And you're telling me that that doesn't suffice. And this is in addition to uh, working for a leader who I interviewed along with my colleague. Um, and we told him that we didn't feel comfortable about this particular person in leadership. And they were like, oh, well, his resume stacks up. His resume did not stack up. I swear, Joy, like if I could show you the resume today, I think I still have it somewhere as like a joke because my colleague and I, we were just like, "Mm, I don't think that this is, you know, (laughs) this isn't something that added up. It just felt fishy. Yeah, it just felt fishy for the work. We had just both been hired on two black women. Uh, There were three of us in the department and this white New Jersey guy came through and was like, you know, the best thing smoking. We had interviewed other co- uh, other per- people for this particular position and none of them felt right, you know? Um, and then the decision was made to go with this person after we were asked what were our thoughts and feelings about it. And we had to work with this person for like a year or two after. And this person was never qualified. They lied about everything on their job application for the most part in order to get a leadership position. We were asking for more money because we were technically doing his job for him as he was lying to a senior leadership. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, we met our sales goal of X amount of dollars. But it's like, bro, we, me, her and the other third person, the black women on this team were the ones that were responsible for making that happen. And it was very frustrating to... I feel like that's something I hear a lot of people say. It's like, I have to do other people's work because they're not equipped to do it for whatever reasons. And my salary and my title doesn't reflect the extra work I'm doing. All the time. And we're just expected. And we're the ones immediately their minds go to to fill the gap. She had to take a sip on this. Because you can take it. Remember, Angel? Yes, I had to take a sip on that because Angel can take it. Remember, Angel can get the job done. So like Angel told you that this doesn't work or it's not fitting. It's not a a conducive work environment, right? For anyone. But Angel's the only person speaking up saying like, hey, man, like I'm doing everything, you know, and I'm still having issues with this particular person. And so at what point do you have the support from your leadership team? Because in nonprofit, a lot of times there isn't an HR person. It's literally the executive director. But if the executive director is just doing whatever he wants to do, you're never going to, you know what I'm saying? There's no balance. There's There's no no, safety net. uh, Safe space for your employees to go and. Yeah. And that's where I was. And it was to the point where I had to make a decision that this isn't conducive for me. And I don't want to lose the respect that I have from my colleagues, the people in this organization, based on the interactions of this person. It it just came to a point where I didn't want to go to work anymore. Like (laughs) I was literally only communicating via email and via G-chat. And that was like with the person being one cubby behind me, you know? And it was just frustrating to constantly watch this person, especially in DC. You know how expensive DC is. This person is making 80 plus and we're not even touching 60. (laughs) And we're doing literally all the work. Showing up to events and just saying the wrong things to external people, you know, and it's like no one's holding this person accountable. But if we were to do something incorrectly Mm -hmm. or things were to fall through the cracks, you know, it would come back on us. And it's just like that's no way to live and that's no way to 
that's not a learning environment, right? Because on all these jobs we're applying for, you know, they want you to have all of these skill sets. <laughs> they want you to know how to do everything under the sun, you know, and then you get into the job and you realize you're teaching yourself or you don't have anyone. The person above you is like, just pushing you along just to get the work done. You're never really getting ahead of yourself to fully understand what the job yeah. is. If that yeah. Makes sense. So, so I'm kind of worried now I'm worried because you said you're going to cybersecurity, right? So how are you planning on yeah. navigating a world that is really not for us where we're like, our numbers are even smaller of representation, not of just black people, but brown people in general. How are you planning to navigate that world, the, a newer world and still take care of yourself and not go crazy? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that's such a good question, right? Because I think that some of the challenges that I've experienced have come from our experience that a lot of our communication majors experience with. It's like you went to school for this one topic, mm-hmm. right? And then you're like, I really am passionate about communications and all that that is. And you have to find what you really are good at, what you enjoy, you know, and really hone your craft. And I think that there's such a there's like this unknown about cybersecurity, but it's also this beautiful uh, community of black and brown people who are there to assist you and to help you along the way. So like on Twitter, of course, the Twitterverse knows everything. There is like a whole community of black women and black men who are already in tech. And they're like giving away daily, like almost hourly, like things that they've experienced or how to uh, advocate for yourself for salary. Whereas like we're coming from regular nine to five jobs and you're like, man, I'm scared to ask for what I'm really worth because I've been turned down in the past. These people are like, no, advocate for what it is that you need. Pay attention to what it is that your industry or what your craft is and, you know, all the stuff that goes into salary research and advocate for yourself because in tech, there's such a shortage of a people (laughs) to fill the jobs, but then there's a shortage of black people, minority people, and there you're a unicorn in the space. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, I feel more confident in going into a space where I've like dabbled a little bit. And I also have like people I went to college with who are like, yeah, this is how you navigate this way, or let me know, I'll put you in contact with this person. And so there are a lot more people than people think are involved in the industry. So there's people that look like you and I, or people that look like, I don't know, Nelly Furtado. <laughs> that's a terrible that example, but that's my girl. So shout out to Nelly. <laughs> that was the last year but, I was you know what I mean? Like, there's a... Where is Nelly Furtado? That's a whole different well, episode. <laughs> Don't even go there with Nelly Furtado because that is my girl since the age of 10. Whoa, Nelly is my album. Just, you know, just need to put that out there. Nelly Furtado, if you ever Real hear bad. this, I've loved you since the age of 10. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sit in. But, you know, I, I think about those things because I am nervous. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how will, you know, my skill set uh, translate in that industry? But, the same jobs that are needed for regular companies are the same in cybersecurity. You need a marketing person. Uh, just because the techies know everything about the internet doesn't mean that they know how to write yeah. or to tell other people how to protect themselves on the internet. They need graphic designers. So 
I am personally a STEM advocate and currently I work in the education education tech field. And I've learned so much about STEM and the importance of it, especially in our community where these kids are, you know, they have so much at their fingertip, right? Like we had MySpace, we were trying to code and like make all these beautiful design pages, uh-huh. right? Yeah. But like imagine, Joy, just like imagine if someone had sat us down and was like, yeah, girl, keep on designing those pages. You know what I mean? Like how dynamic we would be at coding, mm-hmm. how much more money we would have in our pockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the simple things. And I think it's important to tap into this generation to prepare them because a lot of those jobs, it's like over... Four million jobs or something like that that need to be filled mm-hmm. <laughs> in STEM. And there's no one to fill them. That's like last year's numbers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like you need to be able to uh, show the diversity and to be the diversity, I think, is the best way to answer this long way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like this is a good message on yeah, taking chances and not being afraid if you might be the only one, but making sure that most importantly, you have a networking community around you to support you and give you all the ins and outs. Absolutely. And I've always like had to take a risk of something in my mm-hmm. career. I've never gotten to a job where I felt fully confident that I knew what was going on, even based on the information they give you, like in your orientation. Like, I feel like it's always this uncertainty you have with every position. Like, I know the basis, how to get in here and do what I need to do. But, you know, until you get there, everyone has a different mode for how they want you to do the job. So, I mean, you never really are fully prepared. There's always a risk that you are not going to be able to do something. So why not take the risk on yourself to do what makes you happy and to challenge yourself mentally and all that good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So last question. If a woman of color feels like that she's being mistreated in her workplace, what is your best advice to her from what you've learned? Um, the, the, <laughs> the New York city slogan of see something, say <laughs> something. <laughs> nice. <laughs> But seriously, I mean, like, if you don't say anything, you'll just be suffering in silence. And then once you use your voice to say, hey, this makes me feel uncomfortable. I feel like this. There's something that doesn't feel right about this. Um, And no one takes heed to that. That's when you just got to go, you know, because take your talents to South Beach. You know what I mean? Have LeBron energy, because, I mean, when you're not being appreciated somewhere, Like, you just have to go. Why are you staying in a situation where you aren't being fulfilled? If you're not happy, you can't make your customers happy. You can't make your team happy. Uh, That applies to, like, relationships or jobs. (laughs) If you're not happy with yourself or your work that you're doing, then you're not going to be able to make your team or the company. You can fake it for only so long, but eventually... People will hear the tone in your voice and you don't want it to ever get to that point. You always want to leave places with your dignity, with your uh, professionalism Mm -hmm. as as much as you can intact, (laughs) you know, (laughs) as as much as you can (laughs) intact, you know, but also allowing people to understand that what they did was wrong and holding people accountable because on the other foot, someone would do the same for you. People are glad to let you know when you're doing something incorrect Ooh. and they'll be loud and clear about it. So you should have that same. Oh, energy. okay. Take your sa- talents, excuse me, take your talents to South Beach. Can that, yeah. can, should that be on a Take t-shirt? your talents. Okay. 
I know, but I don't know about like the whole like licensing <laughs> thing. You know, LeBron has a lot of money and we don't. Yo, so you're so business minded. I don't think That's it's the good first that we thing should. that came to your head. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even go there. I didn't even go there. You've taken it another step. Like you always yes, do. Sure. I like know. It's my do. brain. <laughs> Are you telling me that's a good thing or am I just extra? The next level. Well, listen, you're multi you're a multifaceted woman, okay? Woman of many skills and a wonderful personality. And you figured out the art of being a chameleon in a way that feels true and authentic to yourself, which is really hard. Because a lot of us feel like, yes. okay, yeah, I can be five different people, yes. but I'm faking and I have trouble sleeping at night. So Figuring out a way that, yes, we have to be a little different in different situations, but, you know, still be yourself. So how do you do that? Always be yourself. Yes. To thine own self be true. I'll leave it on that. Hamlet. Left. You know, (laughs) that's what I do for the people. I love talking with Angel and hearing how she's using her skills that she learned in childhood to help her deal with her colleagues now. Do you have any tips or tricks of how you handle different personalities in the workplace? Leave us a comment on our voicemail line by calling 469-790-0599. Have a great week, and for God's sakes, take your PTO. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 